Welcome to the Point of Difference podcast, a brand new AFL Fantasy Classic podcast brought to you by the Keeper League pod. On this episode, we'll review round one and answer your listener questions. You're listening to the pod pod. G'day and welcome to the Pod Pod. I'm Doss here with Louis. And Louis, we're officially going ahead with the podcast. Weekly, we have our own feed as of, I believe, either this podcast or next podcast, Louis. It's exciting times. Yeah, pressure's on now, Dossie. So now we've got to perform this season, I think. That's right. And uh, your feedback would be appreciated as well. We want to make this pod as good as we can get. So we'll listen to that feedback. Let us know on Twitter at PodPodAFL or DM us personally. I'm at HKDOS. Where are you, Louis? Uh, at Louis AF. But enough of that. Round one, AFL Fantasy Classic done and dusted. Louis, how did we go? Yeah, it's all pretty real now, Doss. Uh, I don't know about you, but I was checking my scores pretty much religiously all weekend. Oh, I was. Riding every single free against, kick, mark, the whole work. So, I had a, I had an okay week, Dossie. So, probably like a lot of coaches, uh, I didn't win out on Rookie Roulette, which my score yeah. reflects. So, I, I had an 1861. Which I'm not, that's um, respectable, I'm not thrilled about, but I'm not upset about either. I think that's uh, maybe about par this week. Yeah, it's not too bad. I got the 1958, so I'm pretty stoked. Um, a late change. I think how, how similar compared to our team reveal last week, how many changes did you make? Because we sort of jokingly said, well, I'm usually the panic trader at the at the tail end of deadline. But it sounded like I reckon you made a few a fair few changes since the podcast last week, or is that inaccurate? Uh, no, that is inaccurate. The, the, oh. Yeah, the only thing was that um, Jeremy Cameron- That's right, because of the injury. He got out. injured. He he had his hammy, so I think um, that turned into slime. Well, I think that's the, <laughs> the team I revealed anyway. You know, there's there's a thousand before preseason, so- And if you looked at my team after that show, it completely changed a fair bit since You took then. a hit, didn't you, Doss? I did, I did Wish well. Wish I got that on camera. I, I did absolutely well after you guys gave me a roasting I sort of switched things about yeah, I actually changed I, I changed to a dual rookie ruck as well so um, went loose but it certainly paid off anyway this isn't about us though Louis we're going to go through our round one review but first just a few thoughts on the round uh, any takeaways that you had just off the cuff yeah, so Thursday kicked us off, Dossie. Jaden Short, which uh, obviously had that massive 169 in the preseason game, playing halfback, backed it up again Thursday night, halfback flanker. Had the role that we thought is going to be sort of fantasy upside this year, and uh, we saw that trend continue throughout the series, or throughout round one. And uh, we also saw that Ruckman also continued to suck. Yeah, Louis, Rucks absolutely sucked. And we probably saw some relevant stuff maybe for your draft leagues as well in some key position players like your defenders and forwards going well. But small sample, Louis, we have to be careful, don't we? Yeah, definitely. The thing with round one is that it's usually a massive outlier in comparison to the rest of the season. That's because coaches sort of catch on to the trends really early, the ones that we haven't even seen in the game yet. So. Yeah. Look, uh, take it with a grain of salt, but there's definitely a lot of data there to suggest that, you know, there's a few good things coming if you're, if you're shrewd with your picking. And is your gut feel with the rucks being cooked? Do you actually think, are they cooked for, the, for, for this season? It, like, yeah, I know, cause we're talking about small sample sizes here. Is, are the rucks, is your gut feel that this is going to be a trend or you, you know, ad- adapting and stuff like you're saying with coaches? I don't think. Me personally, I think that like we might see a ruckman, the top ruckman, not average over ninety five this year. Which you know, that, I mean, that would have Grundy was one of the highest ones, or if not the highest, apart from Flinney at ninety nine or whatever with a high stoppage game. What do you, what do you reckon? Yeah, so I mean, with rucks, I guess we're seeing less stoppages, which uh, doesn't help their scoring with the hitouts. We're seeing less tackles across the competition, which doesn't help their floor, and we're seeing that the ball is rebounding from defensive 50 to uh, forward 50. So, all these ruckmen that used to rely on these marks, tackles, hitouts, they're not there anymore. Yeah, so on those tackle numbers, Louis, I looked at the numbers from 2017, 18, 19, and 21 this season. So, 2020, excluding that. And I looked at every single team in the AFL, thanks to Footy Wire, of course. So, looking at 
every team from those seasons, which includes 18 teams from each season, so it includes like the 2017 West Coast Eagles versus the 2018 West Coast Eagles. Right, gotcha, yep. So there's 72 teams sample size, obviously only a one-game sample for our 2021 crop. But in the tackle stats, 2021 teams made up the bottom 13 teams in that sample, if that makes sense to you, Louis. So 2021 teams... 13 of the bottom teams were the 2021 teams. So the only two teams up in the upper end of the standings were the Saints and the Bombers actually putting in tackle numbers. So they were extremely low tackle numbers is basically the takeaway there. And whether that continues or not is something to look out for. Yeah, it's interesting how much the man on the mark rules play into that. Uh, I mean, obviously, there's more space on the ground, less time to be able to catch a player, tackle a player, but... Yeah, probably need a few more rounds, but it's really yeah. interesting, isn't it? I think one thing that you pointed out as well, because I had some similar um, amazing stats on the inside 50s with similar numbers that we could look at, but you sent a number through as well on the group chat saying 2020 round one had very similar adjusted averages for inside uh, 50s. No, 2019. 2019. Yeah, so, uh, that's why I was saying round one sometimes can very much be the outlier because coaches don't really- I mean, coaches sort of practice their game plan in the preseason games, but you don't really know what they're going to serve up until round one. So, I think it's a little bit of that. Yeah. And look, there were some upsets in round one too. I can tell you, Chris Scott wouldn't have been expecting to get the L on the weekend. So, <laughs> Yes, I don't think any of us were. Let's get to our round one game by game review as well. And we'll start with the Thursday night game, Richmond versus Carlton. Louis, takeaways there, Dusty looks back to his absolute best. Looks in Brownlow form, doesn't he? He, he was does. able to do it all. And, and I think we saw that in the Amy series as well. It was in very low time on ground though. So, he was probably off the radar of a few coaches. I think we did mention that he really looked in ripping Nick, but we wanted to see some scoring and boy, did we see it against Carlton. He does love playing against them though, usually. That's it. Like the messaging all preseason was, whoa, how good is Dusty? We already knew how good Dusty was. So, a lot of us didn't sort of buy into it and he showed it on Thursday night. I think he's going to show it again because, like I said, I think he wants that second Brownlow. Now, what do you reckon about a straight swap with Dangerfield to a Dusty type? Is that sort of a trade that you'd be looking at? I mean, given how amazing he did look? Definitely. I mean, um, you go down from Danger to Dusty, so you can even pocket some extra cash and fix up a rookie. That's a great move. Now, we're, we're talking on a on a Monday night. Obviously, Dangerfield's tribunal's on the Tuesday, but we'll wait until the Geelong game to talk about Danger. Other players from this game, Sam Walsh, didn't probably score as high as some coaches would have been expecting. I've certainly got him in my team, but he looked amazing and he was getting those centre bounces. Oh, he looked so good. He, he was uh, probably behind Dusty as best on ground. I thought he just worked so hard in the contest and- you know, that 95 in uh, most circumstances, I think, sort of 125. So, yeah, great, great game by Sam Walsh. And, I mean, in the coaches that don't have him as well, he's probably a similar price to a danger field. He's still one you can keep on your radar as well. Definitely. Uh, Jaden Short, he backed up some of that form, didn't he? He was in the 90s, wasn't the 170 that we saw in the Amy series, but certainly one that uh, would have been happy coaches performing for him there in this game as well. Yeah, it was good to see that the Amy Community Series wasn't just a flash in the pan. He was able to back that up. Really glad he didn't go 170 because there would have been a lot of hindsight calls going on, I think. <laughs> yeah. Was there any other players in this game that sort of tickled your fancy from the classic perspective there, Luke? Oh, look, Sam Doherty just chugged along and got a 91. I think that was enough to show me he's going to be thereabouts, a top six defender. So, I don't mind if you bring him in. And uh, Patrick Cripps looked pretty good, but uh, sort of not the game that- he didn't break out and get that no. 120 that you want to see from Crips before you I pick him. I reckon we're probably talking about this in this fact that with less stoppages going around, if that does, if that trend does continue, as we said, small sample size, the contested bulls like your Crips players, how's he going to get the- un It'll be more uncontested pill and Crips- isn't renowned for his uncontested pill. He he loves getting the contested ball. Yeah, it depends how you look at it too because obviously there's less rotations, there's longer quarters. He might just spend more time up forward, kick more goals, you know. So, it, it's really it's a bit difficult to look at. And he looked amazing in the first half as well. I think he was on track for a big score then anyway. All right, on to the Friday night game and that was Collingwood going down to the Western Bulldogs, scoring 69 points there. And uh, we'll talk the key names here. And we had Brody Grundy, of course, the 85 points, but ended up being one of the highest scoring rucks for the round, despite uh, disappointing coaches that started with Grundy as well. 
Yeah, so a lot of coaches would have been really flat with that 85 after Friday night's game. But yeah, pretty stoked. End of the, by end the, of the weekend, it looks pretty good, doesn't it? So uh, yeah. that put him up there with one of the top highest scoring rucks this week, I think. Yeah, so, I mean, aside from Flynn's the only one that comes to mind that, that scored much better than him. And that's about it. The maybe, reason, maybe a McAvoy at 88, I think. The reason I like Grundy Doss is because, and we've heard it all before, he plays like a midfielder. So, we might be seeing that these traditional ruckmen are losing points. And round ones, like we've said, going to keep repeating ourselves, it's a small sample size. But the fact that Grundy is able to play as a midfielder, link up in play, may be really good for him. Yeah, able to get disposals around the ground rather than just those... I guess the long down the line kicks that maybe aren't happening anymore, the intercept possessions, as well as the hit outs around the ground. He can get a hit out, but he can just win disposals around the ground, like you said, as a midfielder. And he didn't get those contested marks on the weekend. I mean, Tim English was actually monstering him. It was a really (laughs) bad game from Grundy overall. Funnily enough, I think the the new rules, if they are, again, if they do continue, Tim English is just one that stands out as a guy that seemingly can play pretty well forward and then come into the ruck. He's almost- Going to be one of the much better rucks this year, in my opinion, if, if things do continue this way. Yeah, he looks good. Jack McRae, brained it. This is what we come to know from Jack McRae. So, he's averaged 123 or something before. There's a little bit of concern about how he scores with that star-studded Bulldogs midfield group. But, gee, 136, not a bad way to kick off your fantasy season. Yeah, and continued to get the centre bounce attendances as well. In the Amy, we saw it. He was the leading centre bounce attendee and he was again in this game as well. So, that's something that we were worried about, that he'd go out to a wing with the inclusion of players like Trelaw because Trelaw did play in this one as opposed to he didn't in the Amy series. But, Louis, you've spoken to me off air. You're slightly concerned in the sense of Trelaw. You reckon he, he didn't get any centre bounce attendances or, or very few. Uh, yeah, two. Very I few think in was, this one. Yep. You reckon that's going to raise up as his fitness improves? Well, I mean, Trelaw was always going to play round one if he was relatively fit because he had the matchup versus the to. Pies. It was just too perfect. Yeah. Gil McLaughlin was probably on the phone to him. So, <laughs> mate, you got to play this for the ratings. So, uh, look, he was clearly underdone. Uh, he was able to burst away from stoppages and sort of look like the old Trelaw, but clearly they were managing him. He was out stuck on a wing, scored sort of the 58 or something like that. My concern is that that's a bloke, He's that's not going to be stuck on the wing. I mean, he's going right. to go straight into that guts eventually when he's fit. So, how does that affect the, the Bulldogs group? Do they just rotate week to week? I don't know. Like, it's tough to pay 890K or whatever it is now for Jack McRae. Yeah, it's going to be tough, I think. It's uh, one to look out for, though. Now, one with the other player that was pretty popular heading into round one was Josh Dunkley, forward eligible. And he performed pretty well with 107. He's one that I am cagey on, and I, I spoke about it on last week's show. I'm worried that he's he's going to be one that gets his CBAs sacrificed as more people come back like your Trelaws. He didn't get as sacrificed in this one. He's also a player that relies pretty heavily on those tackle numbers to score to build a solid score. And the, the Bulldogs had the highest disposal game of the round. When those disposals aren't there, is he going to be able to survive as purely that sort of... I think you mentioned Louis last week as well. He played more of an accountable role and you said he'd build his score by tackles. Are you more worried seeing low tackle, small sample size, that he maybe isn't going to be the big big premium scorer or are you still pretty confident in Dunkley? Look, I'm really confident in Dunkley just from what I saw. It's amazing saying that after 107, I understand. Uh, yeah, I'm just I know, sort of I reading between the lines a bit with other other factors. Uh, whether the Bulldogs are just going to be like this every single week is another question. If they are, we should just own every single Bulldog. He looks seriously good, Dunkley. So, he scored the 107, which is great, but his actual output from a football sense was so much larger than that. I thought Dunkley was one of the best on ground for the Bulldogs. And there was a lot of good players that night. So, look, I don't think you can bring him in now. Yeah. Because there's been no questions that have been answered for why they're you didn't still, start yeah, They still haven't been answered. They haven't been they? answered. So, yeah. you can't bring him in. Maybe you can if you've got danger. You can probably bring Dunkley in if you've got danger. Okay. Well, most I think a lot of coaches will have that conundrum this week. And you're saying, Dunkley, you can check that off. Um, maybe a Dusty or a Dunkley. That's going to be something to yeah, toss up. I'd probably, probably lean towards Dusty just. Yeah. Me too. Uh, Bailey Smith, let's talk about him just quickly here. A huge score. Playing on the wing, though, not many, if any, centre bounces as well. 
Uh, what do you think of Bailey Smith? He's still cheap. He was around the same price as Sarong, and he actually had an injury-affected score in his score from last season as well heading into this year. Uh, people would have been happy if they started with him, but can you go and chase a Bailey Smith, especially with the Matt Rowell injury as well that we'll touch on later, but is Bailey Smith a target you could consider? I think you can consider him. Well, we, we know he's a good scorer. It's, it's just tough, you know. Like he's only a, is he a fourth-year player now? Third year player. Yeah. Far sort of out. priced awkwardly at 590K. There's a few other blokes with lower break evens now, or they've had more reliable scoring in the past. It's really tricky. I wouldn't be surprised if somebody did it and it paid high, high dividends. Mm, two guys I'm looking at in the future. We got Dacos and Trelaw scored really poorly, but uh, they might. Dacos. Dacos, I know. 19. Yeah, he was one Dos. I was considering. I, I, <laughs> yeah, after his Amy performance, I couldn't, and he's, and he's backed it up with a very rancid- Oh, can you imagine if you started him? Nineteen? Nah, you couldn't. You, I can't imagine it. I'm glad. I, I'm glad I strayed away from the path. Imagine if you had him and Rao. <sighs> yeah, says Nova. <laughs> Saturday games: Melbourne defeating Fremantle, and Maxi Gorn. Let's touch on the ruck. He scored seventy three in this game against Lloyd Meek. A lot of people probably put the captaincy on him up against the noob. That was the first game of Meek, but only seventy three points. Concerning. And saved his score, Doss. Uh, he mm. was on like something crazy, like 20 points at halftime. Yeah. Didn't look good. No. He did not look like the old Gorn that we know. No, uh, not at all. But what, what do we do? Hold strong? I think if you've selected Max Gorn based on the little amount of data that we've got, you've done it because you want to set and forget your rucks. Exactly. So, so you you've done trade. that because you've wanted to save a trade. There's every chance Max, and he probably does, goes on to average 110 and is one of the top two rucks this year. If you trade him out now, you're probably using two trades to get him back in, yeah. maybe three, because he's going to be expensive again There's eventually. There's just so much cash on the table, but we can't trade premiums at this stage of the year. We have to wait for more sample, more of a sample size to really get a, get a feel of if D- this hit Dossie, let me ask you this, and this applies to all the ruckmen, okay? So, your premium Ruckman, let's say it's Max Gorn, goes 73, priced at 950k. You trade him out to, uh, let's say, Toby Nankovis, you say 400k, use yep. that elsewhere, fantastic, might be a banger, yeah? Yeah. But then Max Gorn, the week after you traded him, goes 120. And then he goes 120 again, and then he goes 120 again, because <laughs> he's still got three more rookie Ruckman to come up against up until round four. We yeah. know what Max Gorn can do. It depends. Like, do you want to have that sort of? Imagine the feeling if Max Gorn goes on to just average one twenty for the rest of the season. You trade him after round one. Uh, I'd rather take the punt and I just, cop the eighty k loss in salary and maybe pick a better rookie. It's just going to be so hard, given we saw only a couple of really great ruck scores in round one. Um, I can understand coaches that would be wanting to trade him. I think neither of us can have feel the pain right now because neither of us started with him. But I think if you do have him, you do have to stay strong. Like you're saying, the risk of getting rid of him, he's still going to be one of the best rucks. You almost have to just eat that eat that cash, try and find it elsewhere, find value in your other trades and hope, hope that having him, having the best potential ruck in the game is going to hold you in good stead and that he outscores these uh, the Flins and the Meeks in the long run anyway. That's what I think, but it's also important to remember there is no right answer. We don't know how the rucks are going to work this year. In fact, it's more up in the air than ever. So, look, trust your gut because it's your it's your fantasy team. At the end of the day, at least you can say, look, I thought it was going to go one way. It went the other. I gave it a crack. So, back yourself. Any other major news here? We saw Tommy McDonald top score as a key forward. Uh, that probably led off some of the, the key forward news that we've sort of been having this whole round, just feeling like they're scoring better. And you see uh, Cam sent us a message on the, the waiver wire, a screenshot of the waivers just showing all key forwards and key defenders essentially um, in the draft leagues available and being really good scorers this round. Um Tommy Mack, you, you can't choose him in salary cap, just something to look out for. Um, Andrew Brayshaw looked really good in this game, but was there any other really guys that you're, you're super tempted by out of this game? I think James Harms getting 86 uh, despite showing nothing in the Amy series. That was probably pretty pretty solid. No, I definitely don't want to talk about James Harms, Dossie, just a terrible footballer in general. I want to talk about Hayden Young. Okay. Gave us that 71. That's what we wanted. 350K. That's going to be a nice little cash generation 
sort of bubbler type pick there at D6. And I just wanted to say that uh, Caleb Sarong did what we wanted to see from him too. Did he though? You wanted it. I mean, 73% time on ground. That's so annoying, isn't it? Is that going to be something that continues? Scored 85, which is solid, but he was only priced at 82. You really need a, you know, 10 to 15 point bump at that price. Yeah, but that was a pick I could have easily have seen going 65 round one. So, I Fair think enough. being able to actually get his break even, there's still that upside and um, I didn't actually catch <laughs> yeah, that game, but, a- you know, at least you can see the eye test and I think him getting an 85, that should be enough for you. Yeah. Adelaide upset over Geelong. None of us saw this coming. I stacked my team with a fair few cats, not going to lie, just out of the gates to see if I could get a cheeky bump early. Did not pay off, Louis. No, and I did the same. I was planning the same as well with Jeremy Cameron. Yeah, I- we were going to put him in in bag 10, we reckon, last yeah, week. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, 3% of the competition tipped. Adelaide. Uh, no one expected this. So, um, sorry, 3% of um, SEN competition tipped Adelaide. So, no one was expecting this. I think uh, the fantasy numbers kind of reflected that as well. Yeah, it was absolutely surprising. But what we got out of this, danger, probably going to be gone for a couple of weeks here. Yeah, two weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks anyway, so, prepare your trades. He, he's gone. We've, we've talked about a few options. We'll probably talk about a few more before the end of the show. Laird, gun. Absolute gun pick. Midfielder, there was no question about that, was there? Mid-roll was real. If you didn't pick him, you've been living under a rock. I want to talk about the rookie, James Rowe, coming out of the gates. A massive a massive rookie score, over 80. And now he's got a negative nine break even. Do you consider him a guy that is, inverted commas, must-have territory for rookies? Uh, depends on what trades you have to do this week. So, if you've got a few premiums you have to fix up, maybe you've got danger in route, obviously not a must-have. If you've if you've got the luxury of being able to adjust a rookie and it's not got a break-even as much as minus nine or as little as minus nine, I think you've got to jump on it. Okay. Yeah. So, you're not So, it saying- might mean a Harrison Jones, you know, it might mean a Tom Fullerton. But you can't bank on an 80-plus from James Rowe again, and we can wait an extra week. Is that your sort of takeaway? You like, you can if you have to, basically, but you'd want to jump on now if you can, if you have the ability. But you don't – what I'm saying is could you go like a danger to a row on field and upgrade to a big dog in the midfield or the defense? Because I've seen a few people toying with that. Is that something that you would want to do or avoid that and, you know, have a big amount of cash in the bank or not? Nah, not at all. Small forward in probably what's going to be one of the worst teams in the comp. I'm predicting anyway. So, look, he gets up the ground and I think he will be an okay scorer, sort of that 50 to 55. Maybe that's enough, but yeah, look, I don't think he's a must-have. I'd probably chase him this week if I could. Yeah. Next week, I think you've missed the boat. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, A couple of other players I want to talk about in this game. I'm really looking hard at Lockie Scholl now. He's a guy that we look at people that, you need the confirmed role and a confirmed solid score. And Lockie Show is a guy I was looking at in the preseason. Didn't really like his Amy score. We were actually at the game there, Hef and I, watching watching Lockie Show, watching the Port Adelaide absolutely spank Adelaide, which is why we thought they were going to get absolutely pounded in this one. But Lockie Show, he actually salvaged an okay score in the Amy after starting off incredibly slow. I think he was the third or fourth highest crow scorer in a really tough game. And that's saying quite a bit for a guy considered sort of an outside runner. And he turned up in this one. I'm kind of all about him, to be honest, getting him at his mid-400 price. Is that chasing a mid-pricer at the wrong time of the year? Or is that a smart little move there, Louis, with a 30-odd break even? I don't think so. I mean, um, what he was able to do in the Amy Community Series was he got to like a six at halftime and a lot of coaches jumped off, but he was able to get to about 73 73 in the second half. So, that indicates that he's able to score and they were getting smashed in that game. Yeah. Comes in competitive against Geelong, 102. Yeah. I don't know. It ticks a lot of boxes, Dossie. I don't think you're chasing Lachlan Scholl more than you're chasing Nick Hind, Jaden Stevenson. Hmm. Oleg Markov. I don't think he's any more of a reach than these guys. Yeah, I like it. And also, I mean, given he did well last year as well, late in the season with that sort of wing role, and given he's coming now, the rules benefit a guy that can run all day like Scholl and has an amazing peg like he does. Yeah, I I really like that pick. A a cheeky pod as well for the hashtag pod pod, Louis. Isaac Smith, 
did all right in this one. Available as a forward, he's he's strung together a couple of nice games. Had a pretty solid score in in low-ish time on ground for him. He spent eighty-nine percent time on ground in this game, and he scored a couple. Like he scored a goal late and could have um had another one, I reckon, too late in the game. Has he got forward status as well, Doss? He does. He does have yeah, forward status. It's an interesting one because you think the rules would favour him more than most. Well, it would have turned up. He had a shot on goal in the last minute or so of the game, or you know, to to bring him back really within close closing distance within the last few minutes. How much is he? He's up. I think you can bank about a hundred ish. Maybe it's a bit less than that than to go to from danger to to Isaac Smith. Just a just a Four. cheeky little pod. Might be a cheeky sideways pod. I think. Yeah. He Maybe might. from Rao. Oh, okay. You're looking at he's six twenty seven. So you do really make hundred and sixty K off off a danger or yeah, going up a little bit from round. Anyway, they do have Brisbane this week. Who knows where that goes? Everything we have no idea what's going on at the moment in the in this uh weird and wonderful season. Let's get on to our next game though. Essendon Hawthorne. Close one there. Hawthorne getting the chocolates. And this was an amazingly high scoring game. Uh, early days as well. Mitchell and Merritt. Mitchell started on the bench, I reckon, for the first Solid amount of time because I had a mate uh, watching it with him and he had Mitchell. He's like, where's Mitchell? I checked the uh, AFL app, 0% time on ground for a solid amount of time to start the game. Came home like a steam train. The reason I think he probably started on the bench is, and we've heard it from players before, round one is like a final. So I think you probably don't want Titch out there, your first centre bounce for the season. Young Essendon side. I mean, Jai Coldwell was a state boxer when he was a junior. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know. I just think maybe they were preserving him from that, you know, sort of instant impact of AFL football that first 10 minutes. Just Just chill out a bit. Chill out a bit, Mitchell. Come in, wait until everyone's gassed and then get to work. That's probably what he loves to do. He did, did. Straight away. showed in that third quarter. Yeah, I say come home like a steam train. I'm pretty sure he just had a solid score basically every single quarter, but I just mean he came off the bench and just started immediately. It was was like possession, 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 possession. Had a heap of handballs though. Uh, The other guy in this game, Zach Merritt, you kind of uh, faulted his start as well. And those two guys looking early signs like uh, top eight mids, aren't they? Yeah, massive massive targets for top eight mids, I think, and uh, maybe the maybe one of the cheaper weeks that you can get on Tom Mitchell, I think. Yeah, it could be, couldn't it? You, you just had to see a sign from Mitchell whether he was back. He he, he certainly was. Yeah, so he's got the one twenty six break even next week. So mm. you know, it probably stays about the same. But gee, you'd keep an eye on him. I think he comes up against Richmond. Give up lots of marks. Yeah, you, you'd like to see him go. I'd big put a again. caption on him if I had him this week. <laughs> Oh, and you might too because you've been talking about trading them in, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, I have. (laughs) Nah, but uh, yeah, those two looking really good. Other players in this game, uh, Nick Hind, he was all as advertised. And Louis, I mentioned it last week. Yeah, I was waiting for this one. Moneyball, as you said, we actually looked at it and uh, Nick Hind, I think, scored, what, one more point than Adam Saad did this weekend as well? Like 99 (laughs) to 100 or something like that. It was very, very close. Um, yeah, what do you reckon on Hind? He's so cheap and he's available as a I know. Um, I might have to put my hand up that he's actually a capable AFL player. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's tricky because uh, he's probably priced a little bit awkwardly now at 440k. You wouldn't have thought that ceiling is there. But yeah. it does continue on with the trends of halfback flankers scoring well. So, I think this is the last week you can get on him. I yep. just worry about his floor. Yeah, it's it's a worrying sign. We haven't seen, we haven't really seen it yet. He's played the Amy series. He got the seventy five in limited time on ground with the shoulder, and then drops a ton round one in a high scoring game. They have a tough fixture coming up though. Yeah, exactly. Or what so, you'd imagine would be a tough fixture. They've got Port, Saints, Sydney, Brisbane coming up. Then it's probably a little easier with Collingwood, Carlton, but. Yeah, with the break even being so low, though, you might as well, if you're going to take the punt, it has to be sort of now 29 break even. Or are you willing to wait another week and see if this is truly a real thing happening? Nah, jump now. If if you want him, jump now. All righty. Uh, in this game, Jai Caldwell as well, dropping the ton. So, what are your thoughts on him? He's a little bit more expensive. He's over $100,000 more expensive. I was wrong on Caldwell. I, I went against the sign. I posted it on... On the twits, uh, I think it was the day before lockout. I was going for a stroll, happened to come across Caldwell Street, uh, Louis. Interesting, yeah. Sometimes it's a sign, isn't it? It was a sign, and yet I didn't back it in. So, he dropped the ton. Hurts, but 
can we still jump on? Well, we can. He's very cheap. But are you going to? He's one that I'm still concerned with, Louis. Okay, so I've probably got a hot take on Jai Coldwell. Okay. Uh, he's someone I'm not considering at all. Yeah. And someone I ruled out of my starting squad probably a few weeks ago as well because by I didn't watch this game again, but uh, I've spoken to a lot of different people, Harmy, yourself, that all watch this game. He brained it, didn't he? Apparently, he was yeah. one of the best on ground. He was pretty good. He scored 104. Yeah. It's not massive ceiling. I mean, it's good enough for a forward, though, isn't it? I mean, it's close I mean, to what Dunkley it, got. Is he going to play like this every week? I just think that there's a floor of 60 there, and it's probably more weeks than not going to be closer to that 60 than it is 104. I like, just, he brained yeah. it. But also, the other thing is he played the lowest time on ground of any player yep. in the Essendon side. That is what I was concerned about. So, that, that was what I was concerned about and why I didn't start with him. So, 74% time on ground is probably even more than what I was actually expecting him to get. He got in the 60s in the Amy series and we've never seen what he can actually get time on ground-wise in proper AFL standard playing that midfield, inside midfield role, which is clearly what he's going to be at Essendon. The other problem is I reckon he – I mentioned to you in last week's show as well, I reckon he's about fourth or fifth in line at centre bounce attendances. I'd be really interested to see when the CBAs drop uh, tomorrow, I think, where he sat in that pecking order. And if Andy McGrath actually came in there, I, I reckon he was he was attending a few, but I'd have to – I was only half watching that game, Louis. I, I will admit I was very much uh, not – Watching that to my full extent, but I want to see where Andy McGrath sat on the on the CBAs. One and, other uh, where, where Caldwell can go from here. Yeah, really. one other thing with Caldwell is that he had nine tackles too. So he's been a tackler over his career. Is nine tackles a game sustainable? No, you'd probably take maybe four off of that mm. being generous. All of a sudden, that's an eighty, and that's his best game. Yeah, I'm not interested. You've got less. I feel like you've just got less risk banking 100k and getting Hind in if you if you don't have either. Oh, 100. Yeah. I'd pick Hind over Coldwell. I'm really riding off Coldwell here. I just think that there's a lot of positivity out there about him, and yes, there's a lot of positive signs, but you do need to go against the grain sometimes. And I think those are reasonable reasons. I've got why to back in the reason I didn't pick him in the first place, and, and exactly that reason. Whilst he scored well in this one, it was a very high scoring game for the round. Yeah, I'm, I'm still not interested. McAvoy and Draper, though, were two rucks that did do well uh, in this game. And uh, the one thing I took away from it from a Draper point of view, because I nearly started with him. I, I mentioned in my team review I had him in my team. Kind of still wish he was sitting there, but I did do a restructure. Couldn't fit him in. 84% time on ground is really promising if you've got him or if you're considering Draper. Because last season, he, he did sit around that, but that was in the limited time on uh, 16-minute quarters. So, to see him play a full game with 84% time on ground, that's that's really good sign. Super good sign. Yep. And your, what about McAvoy as a defender status? Were you still impressed with him? I think he scored around the 88. Yeah, it was nice to see him score well alongside Segler. I think he's probably put his hand up to say that uh, if you haven't already started McAvoy, that he is still a viable option as a little get-out clause if you're interested. I think he's going to have a relatively low, uh, sorry, high floor. Yeah. About 70 if he's playing Ruck. And I reckon this game as well, Lou, is probably where you look at if Gorn was the Ruck in this game, he would have scored monstrous. You, you know, the, the, the nature of this game compared to the nature of other games. And that is one thing that we just – it's so hard to tell right now, but it's all about that nature. Like, you know, DFS, for instance, I, I was playing a bit of DFS on the weekend. It's like as soon as I saw a game – that had a little bit of wetness, a little bit of dew on the ground or a little, little bit, you know, raining like the GWS Saints game. You're like, okay, the rucks here are actually going to be legit. Whereas a game where it's just dry weather like over in the West, I reckon that was sort of um, an, a little bit of an outlier where where Wits actually did pretty well in that game despite it being a dry game and sort of sailing around the place just because they that was game was played completely different. It's just match-up dependent this, this year is, seems to be something that's... Small sample size, Louis, but I'm um, getting a bit carried away, I think. Uh, and Connor Downey, just the zero, didn't actually make it on ground. So, I, I don't know. We did know that beforehand. Yeah, I feel like a few coaches would have been burned by that, though. I reckon. I reckon you're right. Uh, Brisbane going down to Sydney. That was another upset of the round. The key name here, though, Errol Goulden. Wow, we didn't he back us. it up, and we were massive on him on this podcast. So yep. that's a good a little tick for us. Oh, he was fantastic! Three goals, and he'd be your number one bring in if you don't have him already as on your rookie power ranking. You ask about a must-have rookie. This is a must-have rookie. Must Forget James Rowe. 
Errol Golden. Guy that turns up in his debut. Uh, Callum Mills, very good in the midfield. But do we trust a guy sort of seems that up and down player? This game was one of those contested games in tight, bit bit wet weather, etc. And he he's a contested player. I don't know if he can do this week to week, Louis, but he is in frame to be a top six defender. So what do we think? Yeah, it's tough because we still saw that he was able to take six marks, so we can find it on the outside. Makes you wonder that when it's dry, does he sort of revert back to his half-back sort of instincts and, you know, seagulls for those marks? Yeah. I'm buying it. I'm buying stock in Callum Mills. Yeah, me too. I've got to say, I've I've, sw- I've swung around on that one, just playing midfield now, and yeah, that's- uh- I-, I think he's a top six defender, and if you're looking at him this week, he's a fantastic option to bring in. Love it. Now, the two big names in this one that didn't fire, Jake Lloyd and Lockie Neal, 76 and 68 for those two. Um, you mentioned with uh, Max, I, I think just the, the ringing message that we, we have to come across here is just trust your primos, right? And and that's the same with your Max Gorn, same with your Jake Lloyd, same with Lockie Neal. You need to fix up other areas of your ground. It's just what we sort of live by as well. But seeing Jake Lloyd, he, he'd come off no real Preseason games, etc. Seventy six. That's okay for your, for your first hit out. And Lockie Neal, sixty eight. Though concerning, not really. No, nah. no. Nah, you're not worried about either of those two guys. Just holds. Oh, I'm never worried about round one scores. No, nah. nah. whether they're good or bad. It, no, you it, never trade you the never primos know. round one. You never do unless you've got a danger and he gets himself suspended. North got belted by your mighty power. Do you want to take us through the big name on this one, which was Jaden Stevenson? I think. You and I are both just going back and forth on Jaden and whether or not we believe in 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 this in this height because he's played wing, he's played a bit of midfield, inside, just playing, getting some CBAs. He definitely was attending a few there, just doing what he wanted. Basically, we're worried about the fact no Cunnington, no Jed Anderson. They're the two inside bulls there. They're going to be the two inside bulls there, and then Jumont, who's the wingman. So, do they need that forward punch? They couldn't score in this game, so is that going to be something going forward where Jaden Stevenson has to roll himself forward? Look, it's tough, Doss, because they do have a surprisingly good amount of midfielders in their depth, but I think if you can play like that, you know, he's he's been a big name for them. North aren't a very relevant club, so being able to sort of spruik Jaden Stevenson out there as their next star, I think he's got that wing role. I just We've seen it two weeks in a row now. We saw it in the Amy Community Series. We're a little bit iffy because in the practice game he played forward. Round one, he plays in the midfield versus Port Adelaide. Yeah. Typically a hard side to score against. But it wasn't just that he went 100 like Hind, was it? He went 132. Yeah. You know, not many players have that ceiling. And we've seen that ceiling before from Jaden when he was a junior. So, now that he's finally playing this role, he's not at the Magpies where he was pigeonholed forward. Yeah. Still average 80 as a forward. Yeah. I don't know. I think with a 25 break even, there's a lot. Worse risks you could take than Jaden Stevenson. And you're looking at him as a guy from the dangers rather than sidewaysing to a Dusty or a, or a Dunkley if you don't have those big premium names. You're pretty happy banking those uh, couple of hundred K and using that elsewhere right now to fix up and find those value picks around the ground. Um, it depends how you use the excess cash, I think. So, yeah. I, I wouldn't be throwing it on a rookie to get Willem Drew on the ground, for example. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, talk us through though. What would what would be something acceptable to that to you that you do um, a Stevenson in for danger? Right. So if you're going danger to Stevenson, what's that about two fifty k? Something it's, like it's that. Something. I think it's only about two hundred. I'll, I'll look it up while you discuss. Well, so straight off the bat, you'd go fifty percent of the competition had Matt Rowe. He was five hundred and thirty k or something after lockout. So straight away, you can go to a big dog. There might be Jack McRae. Might be Josh Kelly, might be Zach Merritt, somebody like that. Somebody that you can rely on that's going to be able to still score you these sort of 110s, 120s that you were hoping for from danger. Might just be a dusty and it's a straight swap. Yeah, I think it's about 264, quick math, uh, I reckon there, Louis. So, it is quite a bit of cash that you can just swing around there. So, that's that's good to know. Also, though. like a sarong that we mentioned before, maybe you weren't happy with that 85. Okay, go and get, you know, Zach Merritt. Go do it. It's, you got 260K and maybe you got 60K there for the next week. Just think about how you use your cash this week. Yeah, I love it. Uh, Drew and Fantasia, though, you mentioned both of those guys. They were solid. Would you chase either of those? I don't I don't think I would either. Wouldn't chase either. You had to start with them. So, yep. Willem Drew, his job security is a massive concern. Uh, Rockcliffe came on as the sub waiting in the wings. 
you'd think Rockcliffe's going to take his spot eventually. It's only going to take a few poor games from Drew probably to get dropped. You've got Rosie to come back into that side. So, I wouldn't be chasing him. Yeah. Razia Fantasia sort of knew that he was going to do that versus We North. did, didn't we? Yeah. And 82, you almost think if that's that might be one of his upper scores for the season. What, he kick four snags or- Five. Yeah, yeah, that that's it. So I think sort of his ceiling will be a hundred, his floor will be thirty to forty, and we don't know when that's going to come, and that's the reason you can't chase him. Yeah, and, and with all these, like, just owners be happy with the score and hold them until the break even's gone. We're not saying jump off these guys. We're just saying don't chase them if you don't have them. Just just to be aware of that. We well done if you started with him. That's, that's it. That's, Starting uh, options yeah. are You've a done totally well to different. Start with him for sure. Yeah. Uh, Zebul. Took kick-ins, uh, played very solid in this game. I don't like talking about Zebul. I'm not. A, I'm not his biggest fan, but there was no Luke McDonald in this game. Do you still think though he's had a couple of good games? Is he in the frame? Is he in the frame for being this a top six forward, even though he's playing in defence? Definitely, Jack Zebul mm. won hats as a top six forward a few years ago during the middle of the season when he sort of averaged like 105 for I a six-week I reckon that was when he stretch. played midfield. He's he's almost done yeah, something, so- somewhat of a player in each position, but not much of a player in everyone as well. Yeah, he's a bit of a um, sort of. Jack of all trades, master, master of none, old oh, Jack Siebel, <laughs> yeah. believe it or not. Um, I don't mind it, but he's really priced quite awkwardly. I think he's sort of 650. I just don't like the fact Luke, if Luke McDonald played in this game, I'd be, I might be now. all about That's it. That's the thing. He is. is three to four weeks, they reckon, oh, but gee, he might be juicy then. Maybe. He's an awkward price. He is an awkward price. Uh, there's better value out there, but one to watch, especially well done in draft leagues if you got him. GWS Saints. Saints won that one, and the big one out of this one, Matty Flynn, just 99 on field. The dual ruck. Uh, if you started with the dual ruck or just went a Matty Flynn and a, a Wits, for instance, that was the winner for this week. But this game, wet, gross game, just sloppy all over the place, and Matty Flynn benefited from a heap of stoppages. Uh, 99, and obviously, if you started with him, you're very, very happy with that. And if you don't have him, chase that, of course. What do we do? With, uh, I guess just move on. Happy with Matty Flynn. Yeah, I don't think much more has to be said. If you didn't start him, I'd probably find a way to get him in. Honestly, there's not much to talk about in this game. I, I don't reckon Taranto was a tick. Uh, Hunter as well. Uh, Paul Hunter, the, the other Ruckman, does he survive? That's probably one that we need to talk about. And he, I reckon he was better than McKernan was pretty trash so maybe does he stay in there even if one of the two i I think he gets i think he gets another week yeah he wasn't great but uh i don't think they'll just throw him to the wolves like that and i mean it was versus matthew flynn but it was a wet game he'll be thrown thrown to the wolves this week against uh maxi well they're gonna need him aren't they so i don't know I, i think he plays how long he plays after that i'm not sure this is just my advice if meek gets named which um, that's obviously risky considering he he had a 20-odd point game against Max Gorn. It's against Max Gorn. It's a tough matchup. My my thing that I'll be doing, if Hunter plays and Meek plays, Meek on field, Hunter bench, and just hope that the, the Flynn versus Meek comes off just as well as the Flynn versus Hunter did last week because I don't want any piece of anyone coming up against Gorn. Uh, West Coast Suns to finish the round review. Matty Rao. The knee injury, brutal for all coaches, owned by a heap of players. Brutal for Matt Rowe, too. <laughs> yeah, just bro- brutal I mean, for football yeah. lovers, isn't it? Yeah. Such a good player. Oh, we thought it was the shoulder to start with and then the knee. Uh, it's Yeah, it's it's a real shame. All the best to Matty Rowe, of course. But uh, what do you do with him, uh, Louis? There's a couple of options, obviously. But what are you leaning towards? Are you going the big dog in the middle? You're, you're sort of downgrading and working around that. Where are you going? Uh, I'm probably going down to Stevenson. I think, with Rao. So, he's priced enough where you can go sideways to one of these guys that we've already spoken about, Rao. Um, sorry, Hines, Stevenson, Scholl, all these guys we've already spoken about in the pod. Go down to them. Otherwise, if you've got a bit of cash, it's easy to go up to. You know, I don't think it's the biggest problem. The thing is, 50% of the competition owned him. So, it's not like you've, you've had your knees sort of come out under you. You're right. Yeah. Yeah, you, you're not alone. <laughs> you are not That's alone. That's it. So, back yourself in, pick one of these guys. Might not be the right guy, but everyone's in the same boat. Now, $408,000 after his amazing performance on the weekend, the mustachioed man, the man that we both started with, Oleg Markov, 5% owned. It hasn't risen too much by looks. So lots of people needing to do those fix-up trades, but he tunned up in this one. Is he a guy that you could chase with his 16 break-even? 
Oh, look, he's someone I'd look at strongly. Uh, my concern would be that he took 14 marks. That's not going to happen that every week. That game was just a mark kick game. Yeah, it 34 was. 34 degrees, I Optus, think it was in Perth. Optus is massive, 34 degrees, so they didn't want to run. I'd take it as an anomaly. He's probably last on the list for chasing for me out of those three Honestly, that we've spoken about. The way, the way you can tell this was the way this game was, Bose had how many- Him and Hearn at either end. The amount of kicks they had, just mark kick, mark kick as the as the full back kind of quarterback out there. And Bose went at one hundred percent efficiency. That oh, shows you crazy. That shows you the type of kicks though they were. It was it was all just around those fifty arcs, just getting those nice plus sixes. It was a beautiful game in that sense, but Markov will be a popular pick. I just think that he's one of those picks that if you didn't start him, you just you missed the boat. I might be wrong, but I think that he's a tricky guy to chase. He's. I was looking at him late in the game, as you do for your players. Watching him late in the game, he didn't get any of the garbage garbage time numbers that he could have. And, and it was probably because the Suns were trying to get back in the game and they were trying to sort of go long down the line. He was really coming in close for those plus sixes. I loved his uh, observable thirst, though, Louis. Yeah, well, I, I didn't watch this game either, oh, so yeah, it was a good sign yeah, that he, you saw his observable thirst. Oh, yeah, there was certainly observable thirst. Probably didn't raise, raise his arms around and yell as much as I would have liked. He sort of just got in the right spots. But, uh, yeah, very good signs. Uh, Bose and Hearn, though, are you buying? I mean, Hearn, I, I couldn't do it. Just the age, the regression that we've seen, I don't think I could do it. But Bose, he's been on the up. Could you trust that sort of a player? Nah, I don't think you can, Doss. Nature you of know, the game. It's just- you was- could make a better case for Shannon Hearn. The only problem is Shannon Hearn, his age, you couldn't pick him either. It was a plus six fest in this one. The guy that I was looking at closely, though, was Jack Lacocious, and he did ton up. I'd just be wary chasing any scores from this game. I mean, the good thing about it for non-owners was that Gaff stunk it up in a game that you would have thought he would have had an absolute monster game gaff this is his sort of game it was very bizarre to see it i think the commentary team was saying he might have had some attention from took miller as well sort of just going with him around so he only scored a 70 i would have expected a 120 in this sort of game from gaff safety score late too it was almost Mm. like they weren't going to him so i don't know is it coaching it was very very question it was very ungaff like it was uh jared witz though scored pretty well for people and is he a ruck that uh, we can sort of consider now looking to upgrade to, just keep an eye on him and see if he can keep performing? Yeah, I think you could. I think if you were keen on him before the fantasy season started, then it's more of a reason to jump on him if you've got that luxury. Otherwise, somebody that I'd be pretty happy with owning already. He's He was a good pick. All righty, Louis, we're going to get to some cool. All righty, Louis, and we've got the Twitter page up and running as well. You can now follow us at... Pod Pod AFL on Twitter. And I think uh, Hef might set us up with a Facebook or Instagram. Just search Point of Difference AFL Fantasy. And uh, remember, after this episode as well, we'll have our own podcast feed. We will no longer be on the Keeper League pod feed. So make sure you subscribe or follow the Point of Difference AFL Fantasy Podcast on your favorite podcast app. We're also going to, uh, we want to take your feedback in. So let us know how we are going and what you want and what you don't want as well on at Pod Pod AFL. The questions for this week though, Louis, this one from Subdub. Shoal, Caldwell, or Stevenson as the best replacement for Rao? So, we've talked about each of those players. Which one do you like the uh, best? Probably go Stevenson, Shoal, Caldwell. All right. Just I, based on prices too. Yeah, I'm probably with you. Although, I do like my Shoal. I might even go Shoal over Stevenson, even as much as that's a hot take. Uh, Sam Brown says, Markov, baby, give me your take. Oh, I mean, he played the role that we thought he would, which was halfback flank. He was brought over to Gold Coast for a reason, did what we wanted to see from him. Uh, But I was saying it's hard to pay up 408 now because I don't know what you're going to get next week. I think it was just a good starting pick. But if you've already got those other three guys, he's a great option. Yeah, honestly, if if I've got the coin and if I don't have either of these options, like I think a shoal for me- just checks more boxes if I can get a little bit more money. Someone like that, I'd have more. I'd just be more comfortable with because of the nature of that game being such a plus six heavy game. I don't know if he can do that every week. Um, we'll see. But he's he, he had an awesome game, Markov. Uh, Matt Mottram, common questions, but can you address what to do with our R1? Gorn, best danger replacements 
and guys that are a must-get this week, for example, Markov, Stevenson, etc. cetera. Uh, who do we need to pounce on? Thanks. So, a few questions in there. So, what do we do with our R1 and Gorn first? We've talked okay, about that. Okay. So, Gorn's obviously is R1. Yeah. I think just what we said earlier on the podcast, I'd back it. Stick with one more primos. week. Yeah. Especially one more week. We See might be having this conversation, conversation next week, I think. I reckon we will. Uh, best danger replacements. Who did you end up settling on? Out I, of I think Dusty's a good like for like, unless you can go up to sort of a big dog midfielder like your McRae or your Zeritz or, yep. like I said, even a Josh Kelly if you're keen on him. And then if you go on the other way and downgrading, we've probably, Louis said, Stevenson's probably the one he's going to go for. Um, you're pretty confident you've seen enough from him. Uh, and then who are the must-have this week if, if there was one if you had sort of that luxury if you didn't have to deal with anyone he says for example the Markov the Stevenson is Stevenson the guy for you that you're saying's on the top of your radar or is it someone like a Hind or is it maybe a Jacko McRae who I think you're sort of become on your radar and you just want to find the money to get to him oh look Doss it's a it's a hard question to answer I, I'm not sure there's a must-have there's no must-haves at this point in the season no. we've had a one-game sample no, it's a really difficult question. A lot of these guys have put their hands up as being one. If you pick the right one, well done, but uh, it's just hard to put your finger on it right now. Agreed. Uh, this one from Intel Sonic Matt. Uh, are we better off chasing mid-prices we missed or to bring in a primo and a mid-pricer if we have cash to do so? So, two of Stevenson, Hines, Scholl and cash for next week or... One plus Dunkley or Williams or other suggestions, or he says even a rookie that we missed. So, a fair bit to that as well there, Louis. Yeah. Um, look, it's another tough one. It depends how you want to go with your structure. So, obviously, with that premium, you're probably banking the fact that he's a keeper with those other two mid-prices. They might only be a stepping stone. So, look, maybe just assess how much or how many players in your team are keepers. If it's kind of on the light lighter end, then yeah, probably- go that keeper i've just said just oh, it's so dependent on structure yeah. and you've got to make sure you've got to be so 100 percent sure that they're a keeper as well because if not it's value chasing here because some of those guys in the value section might end up being keepers as well and what i will say is it's very very hard to get a mid price and right it's very easy to get a premium right Correct. So, you, you reckon, yeah, it sounds like you're probably more leaning towards really just getting a like-for-like replacement. and That's what I would do, yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, Kobe asks, bring in a rookie he missed, e.g. James Rowe, or fix up the likes of Dugowie or Paddy Dow. None of that Paddy Dow slander, Louis. No, not power, power, da- Paddy Dow. I didn't uh, even mention him, actually. No, we haven't mentioned 64 him. 64 in 69% time on ground. I just want to, on the record, I think Paddy Dow- played very well i would be concerned with the david teague factor at this stage with the low time on ground and the fact zach williams is coming into the team and jack martin too now so yeah i'd watch the role um i think it's probably someone coaches are going to be downgrading soon i guess that also depends on what you're saying you're saying bring in a rookie you missed for row but who would that be for as well so i guess is that Rookie for rookie, I think he's probably talking as well. So, would you prefer fixing up a rookie, say, changing like, let's say, a Tanner Brune to a row, or would you prefer to fix up the Dugowie or the Paddy Dows? Just to make that a little bit uh, broader question. No, so I'd be fixing up the rookies. You've yeah. only got one round of data. Jordan Dugowie had the role that we thought he would. Yeah, we didn't mention him. I think if, if be, he kicked two of those three goals, he, he would have gone 85. Yeah. We'd be okay with him. Yeah, uh, this question comes from Jacob. Markov versus Scholl and Coldwell versus Stevenson. So, a few uh, mirroring questions. Yeah, Scholl and, Scholl and Stevenson. All right, Darren, bring in Coldwell, Hind or Stevenson for danger. <laughs> Stevenson. Yeah. DC Caterpillars, who was your biggest miss to start the season? Mine were Mills, Stevenson and Rowe. That's an interesting question, Lou. Who was your biggest miss? Um, Probably my- R2, I was never going to field Meek. That was my biggest hindsight call because it was locked the whole preseason. But um, look, not really one. I don't want to be that guy that's like, oh, my team's perfect. (laughs) But there's a lot of guys that went well that I thought, okay, well, you know, that reassures me that I was probably right on those guys. But I haven't really had too many letdowns in my team either. So I think Hind and McRae for me. McRae yeah, going- Yeah, McRae's probably one you could make a really, really good case for because I just couldn't fit him in my team though. So, I restructured and could not fit him in my team. Um, 
I, I got to say though, my I, I didn't mention this actually earlier in the show. So I, it was Saturday night. I was about to start watching the Hawthorne Essendon game, and we'd seen contested guys struggle up to that point. A lot of the contested bulls had struggled, and I did the old jumped on the app right before the Essendon Hawthorne game. Oh no! And traded out Matty Rao for Dyson Heppel. How how good was that move? Wow, we no wonder you've gotten nineteen fifty eight for the week, mate. So, uh, yeah, that's it's the luck of the game. That's that's just part of that. But I did like the um, uncontested sort of nature. I saw the I saw the game. I was like, well, this looks like a nice game. I'm going to risk it for the biscuit. It it paid off, unfortunately for Matty Rao though. Uh, Frio girl asks, is Hickey an option? Tom Hickey, he had a monster score for Sydney on the weekend. Uh, who's he an option for? So, are you upgrading? Are you downgrading? I don't really like either. Uh, I don't know. I can't, it's Tom I can't Hickey. approve Tom Hickey in nah, classic. I won't tick that off, but nah. by all means. Uh, Hedge, Chris, set, ask, uh, Chris, Hedge 59, sorry, Chris, Stevenson, Caldwell, Hind, Stevenson. Stop asking me this question, <laughs> Doss. <laughs> Will Davis, what do you do with Hill? Brad Hill, I'm guessing, probably from- so, he's Maybe. hurt his knee, has he? Is that what it was? I th- Yeah, I think he was fine. He came back on. He ran out the game, probably just scored pretty garbage. I'd hold. That was not his game. St. Kilda um, and GWS game, if you've started with him, I actually would back him in for one more week. That game was not a game that Brad Hill would have done well in, and I think he salvaged a, a pretty gross score, but a score he'll be fine in future weeks, especially if it's dry. That was a- gross, wet game, not Brad Hill territories. Yeah, definitely. But if you weren't keen, I think Jaden Stevenson, Nick Hind, as well as Jai Coldwell could be an option for you, believe it or not, Dossie. <laughs> yeah, you might you might want to jump on that one. Uh, Matt asks, he's going, well, he's stating, I'm going Danger and Degoe to Shoal and one of the following with your help, lads, Zach Williams, Hunter Clark, or Bailey Smith. I like a bit of a different question here. Yeah, I like that one. Um, so, Zach Williams, Hunter Clark, or Bailey Smith. Do we get a look at Zach Williams before we jump on board? I think with the lack of tackle numbers round one, small sample size, we've talked about how Zach Williams, the reason he's a gun mid when he plays there is because he tackles. If we're not going to get as many, is that something of concern or is that just... Uh, so, so it's Bailey Smith, Zach Williams, and... Hunter Clark. Hunter Clark. Okay, so I would decide that by... I think at the end of the year, Zach Williams is the closest player to being a top six defender, top eight midfielder, top six forward, whatever you want to call it. Out of those players, I think Zach Williams is most likely to be a keeper. So without even having a look at him, he's probably the one I'd be inclined to take the punt on. It'll be a massive point of difference as well. Yeah, I don't mind it. The other thing is, I mean, out of those three, Louis, he's talking about trading to Goey. Would you would you just hold out of those and fix something else up? I'd hold, but I can see why coaches would want to jump off being the type of player that he is. I just like to hold my players. Maybe I'm a little bit stubborn. Rowan the Boat asks us, this isn't the same question, don't worry, Louis. Do you jump off? Do you jump to a primo like Titch now or try and save cash by hitting on a player on the rise, such as your Shoals, your Coldwells, your Stevensons, who we've talked out? Lots of times. Oh, he's a first-time listener and first-time caller from Row on the Boat. Thanks very oh, much. Oh, great. Thanks for thanks for listening in. Uh, look, you could. Oh, I don't want to sit on the fence, but you really can play either way. One option is going to make you way more cash. The other, And you're going to use a trade to get up to a premium eventually, unless you nail it. The other, you've got the keeper from the start. How's your structure looking? How's your cash looking? Personally, if... If you're if you've got a shaky structure, maybe you've yeah. got two rookie rocks like yourself, Dossie. <laughs> I might be more inclined to chase spread the load. Yeah, spread yeah. the load and chase that extra change to use the following week. But I do like the the idea of just picking that keeper and backing him in. Tom Mitchell is perfect for that. Yeah, I like that, especially like you're saying. It's all about your structure. If you've got the structure, bang on. Go what Louis's saying. Get your titular. He's going to be a top... Well, he's looking like a top eight mid at least. And it's going to be dicta- dictated with rookies, Doss. So you don't want Alexander Scott on ground in your forward line, but you may be able to flick somebody into your into your forward line and have, you know, Errol Golden instead. I mean, that those are just some examples, but you really want to be watching what rookies are scoring well. Like a James Jordan was on the bench for a lot of players. You want him on field now. Alrighty, this one comes from Tal Hazami. Do we hold Paddy Dow? He wants to know. I'll give it from an unbiased perspective. <laughs> Louis, 
He scored the 64-odd in 69%. Price of 40, though. He made your coin. Uh, you say you are concerned from Zach Williams coming back from suspension and looking like Jack Martin uh, coming in as well. Yes, yeah, so I wouldn't be jumping off yet. He had the role that you wanted, probably didn't score as well. Um, yes, these guys are coming back. Sometimes players coming back into the side actually makes another player better, so you've got to consider that. I think you, you wait you wait a week or two, 340k or whatever he is, 330k, you can easily just go down to another to another rookie. So there might be one that pops. You might have the next Jimmy Rowe, 84 minus 9 break even. Go straight down to him instead. All right, and Miller Time wants to know who made my team for me, seeing as I comfortably sit uh, to about two thousand rank. I think it might be my best ranking and quite so, my best starting team. I'm always a I'm always a solid trader, Louis. I usually rise up the ranks after round one. I'm I'm sitting around that two thousand rank. I think Miller Time's running. Who the hell helped me with my team? Well, if you throw enough shit at a wall, eventually <laughs> something sticks. It happened to be in, <laughs> happened to I happened to succeed in one round. I might add in probably one of the weirdest rounds we've seen uh, in quite some time. So probably probably no surprises there. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to the Point of Difference podcast. Follow us at Pod Pod AFL now on Twitter. We will have our own stream uh, probably. For the, our own feed, our own podcast feed, probably for this episode, if not next one. So make sure you find us on Spotify, on Apple Pods, Google Pods, wherever you're listening. And Louis, uh, we'll take everyone's feedback and come back with an improved show. We'll just improve week to week. That's it. Say so it takes 100 podcasts to get it right, Dossie. So we're, what, three or four in, 96 to go. So we'll get there. Uh, jump on board, guys. Listen to us. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at Louis AF. I'm at HK Doss. We'll see you next week officially, Louis, on the Pod Pod. See you guys.